In last episode, we roasted five different geishas and one Ethiopian. This time, a week has passed, and we will taste the coffees. Boom. <laughs> so yeah, sweet ferment, candy. Uh, I think they ha- it has a little less florality, but the complexity comes in the ferment, in the ferment, in the candy, um, in in the pineapples and wine gums and. To me, it tastes like rum, a really heavy good yeah, exactly. rum. You're listening to the podcast Coffee Roasting Navigated. My name is Therese Brunstedt. This is a podcast about all the differences in coffee roasting. All this time, the differences in very expensive coffee. When you buy specialty coffee, you quickly notice that the most expensive green beans are geisha coffees. Geisha is a botanical variety of Arabica coffee. It got famous from Panama 10-15 years ago. Since then, many coffee farmers have planted geisha, so now there's a lot of geisha on the market from different countries. That made me wonder, how good are they? How different are they? And are they worth the price or are they hyped? This is the final episode in a series where I explore how different geisha coffees are. Like in last episode, I'm talking to Samuli Marilla from the Coffee Collective here in Copenhagen. We are going to taste six beans. It could have been a simple cupping, just six cups. But some of the beans we had in several roasts. And then we played around with the grinding on some of them. So we ended up having 13 cups. We had four cups of the Costa Rica bean and four cups of the Esmeralda washed. One Esmeralda natural, two of the Ethiopian, one Bolivia geisha, and one Guatemala geisha. 13 cups are a lot to taste thoroughly. We went through them several times as they cooled down, not talking, just doing our own notes on paper. At the end, we talked about each cup and tasted again. That is a lot of tasting. You can't go on forever. Your taste buds get tired. At least for my part, I am completely copped out. I mean, everything affects each other now, and I change from, yeah, impressions change from East time. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So it's really, really, really hard. Everything is a blur now. So this we can tell the listeners is that even though you have been tasting coffee for many years, you can still get confused, and a cupping can still confuse you. This is not to make us feel good, but to make the listener feel good. Yeah. (laughs) It would have been more manageable if we have taken them in three rounds. So the first round was the four Costa Rican beans and compared those before going on to the next. But Samuli got the idea to mix them and do it all blind. So we had no idea what we were tasting on. I love a taste challenge. So I was immediately game. But that means for this podcast, I don't have a detailed comparison of the different Costa Rica roasts. But the advantage with doing it blind is that we are not biased. In this cupping, we would expect the best ones to be the two from the famous Esmeralda farm in Panama. 
they were much more expensive than the two cheaper geishas, one from Guatemala and one from Costa Rica. And then Samuli took in a non-geisha from Ethiopia, because he found the taste was not far from the geishas. All this knowledge can easily affect how you perceive taste impressions. Here we put it aside to only navigate with our taste sense. In this clip we are at the end of the cupping. After we have revealed which is which, Samuli says this about the Bolivian geisha. Now that I know this um, number, which ran B, which I really loved, hot, I thought it was uh, maybe ah, the that best. That was the one that changed. And then when it cooled, it was not as good as uh, when it was warm, less complexity. And now that I know which one it is, again, in my mind, I make it a little better. Yeah. Um, and it's so hard to shut off your preconception. We made it blind with small tags, so each cup had a letter, A, B, C, D, and so forth. Before that, Samuli had someone else to mix them and attach the tags, so we had no idea. After having tasted the 13 cups twice, warm and cooled down, then we talked about each cup, at first still not knowing what it is, but trying to guess. And then we looked up what exactly coffee it was. But to make it easier for you listeners to keep track, I will tell you the identity in advance. This first one is the Guatemala. For me, the first coffee we tasted, uh, the first thing, I've, I've divided my impressions up in two parts. Uh, first and second round. Yeah, exactly. So my first impression was uh, slightly roasty, bitter, slight florality. Uh, then afterwards I think it changed into being a little bit more so, uh, soft uh, but it became more simple in character so the florality I had in the first round uh, Disappear. yeah, disappeared a bit and I scored, it, I scored it low I think for the podcast it would be best that we have the identity now because yeah, yeah, otherwise there's too many things to uh, mm. ask Turn it. number three this is the Guatemala geisha I actually wrote boring Maybe the yeah. Guatemala or the one minute of my roast. Yeah. So I had one right there. Yeah, yeah definitely. <laughs> mm, and you thought it was slightly roasty. Slightly roasty impression, a bit uh, simple, like one dimensional, nothing happening. So, yeah. And I gave it the lowest score of, yeah. of the possible scores. But I still wrote it. It had to me a long aftertaste because it, that mm. was the first one in the beginning. I spent a long time before I tasted the next one to mm. see what happens in the aftertaste. Yeah. Uh, but I wrote that I thought it was a bit boring to start with. Yeah. Um, but even though you write roasty, the 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 weight loss only was yeah, ten point seven. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So uh, so it's yeah. not because it's over roasted. No. That was the first cup. On to the next one. This is one of the Costa Rica roasts. So in this random blind order, we accidentally started with the lower priced geishas. Both the Guatemala and the Costa Rica are in the low price range of geishas. The Guatemala was around $40 per kilo, the Costa Rica $26. The Costa Rica was the green bean I got hold of and roasted in different ways one two months earlier. Good. Number two, 
at this one I, I liked much better. Yeah, you didn't. didn't. You found yeah. it. What is I thought it was um, quite bad, underdeveloped, slight roasty, unbalanced. I got a little lime in the aftertaste, number six. Okay, and you called that underdeveloped, and yeah, that I has thought a little. It, was, it tasted underdeveloped. Oh. <laughs> but then again, <laughs> because for me that was a wrong roast. It's not underdeveloped now because it's not hay, hayish. It's not the grassiness. No. No. Uh, so that was the first impression where I wrote the underdeveloped uh, feel of it. Because uh, but I got bitterness in that one. Yeah, yeah, and exactly. I can get that as well, uh, yeah. so that it's a little progressed in the roasting. But you got more of the, the yeah, roasty bitterness uh, feel on it. But I thought it was much better in the taste than the first one. Yeah, I didn't, um, yeah. No, you, you, yeah. you definitely didn't. Yeah, I, d- I didn't like it better. We will get back to the Costa Rica later. The next coffee was the Ethiopian one, the Alaka. And then G. G. Mm. Now enters some fru- fruitiness, some um, acidity. Uh, still in the second round, I, I got a slight astringency, dry, but I scored it uh, a bit better than the other ones. Yeah, I also wrote better yeah. than the two first. It was a little sharp, and I was thinking that a little bit peaches, Ethiopia. Yeah. And then Samuel turned the tag and looked up which coffee it was. Yes, we guessed right. Be pleased, be pleased. So that, that would account for, in my experience with the Ethiopian, the, the fruitiness, the morbid, uh, acidity and so on. Right now when it's cooled, I find it very delicious. Yeah. I find it very good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And that was the one we roasted uh, a week ago. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Coffee number four was from the famous Esmeralda farm in Panama. The price is somewhere $100 per kilo. Here I wrote delicate floral developed... And then in the second round, it became astringent and drying. So I scored it very, very high in the first round, and then I dropped it a little in the second round. And uh, I thought it was... I got a little sharpness right away, but I got mm. lime and sweetness and... Yeah, I think it's, it's a, there's a really good complexity into the fruit. I like it. You don't like it? Right now, it's awful to me. It's very sharp, and yeah. it has a bit of cardboard in it. Mm. So no. I don't like it at this point, but I like that. Uh, I think it, it has this uh, the complexity, which is slightly florality, but uh, also very f- the fruity, fruity feel in it. That was the complex. one where you didn't With the heat it up in the, the in the beginning. Oh, yeah. You had some different, um, yeah, yeah. but it didn't yeah. matter for the first crack start. No, it was the lighter one of the two. This was the washed Esmeralda. We also had a natural. But the washed ones we had four times at the table, in two roasts. The next cup was the same bean, just roasted slightly more. It had a weight loss at 12.3%, whereas the previous one had just below 11% in roast loss. Here my initial was uh, sweetness, slightly uh, floral, but also again slight astringency. now I got a lot of astringency uh, or mm. sharpness. Yeah. In the beginning, I thought it had it tasted of lime. But I think still think like somewhere in it in this there is a complexity which. So you would still say esmeralda. Now I no, get a bit of the better. Yeah, I think there's some complexity to it, but it, but maybe because we're cupped out, I think it has this astringent, dry finish, this uh, slightly unbalanced, balanced feel. In the beginning, it's very acidic. Yeah. <laughs> but um, it, it, this could go both ways. This is uh, the Esmeralda wood. So now I'm pleased I wrote floral on that one. (laughs) (laughs) 
but seems... yeah, there was the. Uh, I got the complexity in it, but it's uh, it's a little too astringent for me. Along the way, I can catch some good aroma in it, but yeah. this far, though, the washed esmeralda is uh, is not. Uh, no, it's not your favorite. It's not my favorite at the moment. We had this washed esmeralda two times more on the table. Each time, I got this vinegar-like flavor that Samuel didn't get. On the other hand, Samuel easily get florality. It takes more before I get it. We simply don't perceive flavors in the same way. Mm. Because also I get this, I get a sharpness in this washed esmeralda, yeah. uh, and I think it's the same as the coffee in January, the special esmeralda mm. thing. That to me it goes reminds me of vinegar and it's unpleasant to me, uh, and somehow you don't pick up on it, and that's why you can notice all the other things the coffee have. Yeah, uh, yeah, 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 exactly, I think that's exactly. it. Um, yeah, that's the cool thing that you found the same sharpness blind in all of the esmeraldas almost. Uh, again, I I think yeah, the the underlying complexity it's not in your face, especially not uh, cool now. Mm. I think again hot. As you mentioned earlier, could there be? Could it be that? The florality is more evident when it's hot and goes down a little. Yeah. Uh, I think this cupping shows that, but still, I think the the complexity you can you can still feel it. You can still find it. But again, I know these coffees so well, so so it it reacts an instant recognition in my brain. Like, okay, yeah, I know yeah. this. This is good. This yeah. is so so again. Yeah, I feel happy. I didn't bl- I didn't blow my career on this. <laughs> 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 You can keep your dad. Mm. The next cup was again the Ethiopian. This one, I, th- I think, has um, really fine, fine fr- fruity notes, like delicate fruity notes, and some tea-like bitterness in it. I get the um, peaches. Yeah. And so should, uh, should mm. we say Ethiopia again? I would say Ethiopia. I would also go for the Ethiopian because it lacks still some uh, floral com- complexity or some. That you know from yeah, Asia. D- yeah, there is something. Yeah, it was the Ethiopian. You read Teresa. The next cup was the Bolivian geisha, the Takesi, a very high-grown bean that the coffee collective have been selling for some years now. Uh, B really sp- oh, split my mind. Yeah, I taste it. Uh, now it's woody. It's for the first time I taste something woody in it. Yeah, so I started I with the bee that. candy, floral, sweet fruit complex. And then in the second round, slightly hayish, uh, simple. <laughs> <laughs> so, so my first initial uh, feel was like a uh, top score, and then I took it down. And now I think it's. At the beginning, I thought it was very caramel, but now I really got that woody. Mm. Woody, uh, not pleasant taste, but yeah. when it was warm, I, I liked it. I also actually also wrote floral when it was all warm. Yeah, from the warm, it was really good. Mm. It's still some really good qualities, I think, to it. But I don't know if it could be an Esmeralda as well. I would say no, but... Yeah, but right but, but one is then I'm left. Not, I'm, we I'm got the Bolivia left and we got mm. mine, uh, different... Uh, could be the, the darker Esmeralda, the one with the ro- more uh, roasted development time. Eight. That is the Bolivia. That's a crazy because in the beginning, when we smelled the aromas in the in the in the dry smell, yeah, uh, this was like for me amazing. In the dry smell and in the when it was warm, it was also like candy, sweet, fruit, floral, and complex. And then in the second round, 
I took it down from all of this. All the good stuff yeah. too. And then I took it down one score. Okay. So, so maybe you also need to, need to drink your geishas at the right temperature, depending yes. on where the geishas are from. <laughs> so this one was really um, fascinating you, in that it changed that much. Yeah. After this, we had some cups with the Costa Rica again in different roasts. In one of the Costa Rican, Samuel spotted a defect. Mm. This is pure popcorn. There's a there's a Quaker in this one. Can you? Think you so? Okay. Can you find the popcorn? I get a lot of um, sweetness in like um, lots of sweetness. Caramel, like when also dark dark sugars. Mm. Um, but you get a defect in it. I get I get popcorn. But I also get the sweetness and the yes, uh, I can pick the up the popcorn now and, and yeah. all of that. But it's not so complex. There's not like many layers to it, I think. But apart from this one cup with a little defect, it was a nice coffee. It's just a tough competition on this table. When we got it later, we noted. I also thought that uh, to begin with, it's a bit boring in this in this uh, setup with yeah. many good coffees. But the aftertaste was nice. In this table, it's one of the again the more simple ones. Yeah. There's not much happening. It's not a complex character to the to the coffee. Uh, and tasting geishas were, in some sense, looking a little for that, or yeah. I am at least. Yeah. So uh, again, very good coffee, very high quality. Um, Wouldn't you say it was Costa Rica again? I would, but then again, I am so copped out so that uh, I'm not really <laughs> able to say anything. But yeah, Costa Rica again. And then we arrived at the Esmeralda Natural. That was the one that stood out the most on the table. It also was the only one not washed. It was the second last cup of the 13 cups. Boom. <laughs> mm. So yeah, sweet ferment, candy. Uh, I think they ha it has a little less florality than the washed counterparts, but the complexity comes in the ferment, in the ferment, in the candy, um, in in the pineapples and wine gums and all of that that's happening. Maybe some vinegar as well. Um, I don't get to vinegar it. to you it. You don't get it. We hear. I'm, I'm curious if you can um, agree with me. To me, it tastes like rum. A really heavy, good yeah, exactly. rum. And the funny thing, that when we did the geisha cupping uh, in January, uh, Horsham had a coffee from the Ruiz family in, uh, in Panama, mm. and it was also natural, and it also had this exact yeah. same yeah. rum, uh, booze character. I would say, again, that's the fermentation of the sugar canes. This is the fermentation of the sugars within the coffee. So the same, probably, processes going on and yeah. creating the same molecular structures giving this the, exactly. uh, microbiology afterwards yeah. but i don't know if that could be made in any coffee even though it was not a geisha even though it was a castillo or the process is so everything else the process uh, is so dominating so yeah. that the 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 flavors created in the in the fermentation and so on is is to an extent over a different story yeah i can say um, so i would say that at, at that with natural coffees what is for me, I see really interesting is, okay, let's get serious about what's happening in this fermentation. What kind of fermentation is this? And analyze maybe the, the bacteria, the fungus, or whatever it is you analyze. I have no clue. But, but to see, okay, 
this kind of fermentation creates this flavor, this kind of fermentation creates this flavor. Then you would be much more like having the same style of beer, but with different strains of yeast or blah, blah, blah. And in that sense, it, that would be the fun part and not the varieties. But then again, maybe you can take some varieties that are more uh, uh, suitable for making some kind of fermentation so they fit good. But at least I would say this this coffee is, is really complex in the ferment, the fruit, the candy and so on. And I think it's 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 really good. For, I actually would say for me it was the most interesting coffee on the table. I don't know if I could mm. drink it day no, long, exactly. week after yeah, week because yeah. it's very special. For yeah. me it's more like if I should take a, a rum that's also a special yeah. occasion. Yeah. Um, I would also say many times, even though the, the naturals are like really high quality and you really enjoy them, uh, half a cup is, is fine. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you can't just drink uh, no, exactly. two liters during the workday. Uh. Yeah. So that was tasting of the five different geishas here. And together with the cupping from part one in this podcast series, what are the conclusions? What makes geisha special? Are they worth the high prices? And how different are they? For me, I'm 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 glad that uh, even blind for me the the complexity the the reason that geishas retrieve the prices they do is is apparent in this cupping. Mm-hmm. Uh, always the argument on is it this many worth that much? Yeah, exactly. So for me, it is worth, but it's not so much better than the like Ethiopian coffee. So it's not like 10 to 20 times better than the Ethiopian. No. But it's just something completely different and unique and there's so little of it and the demand is so high. But to me, I will say, because before the last couple of months, uh, the most geisha I had tasted was some years back here with mm. you in a cupping table. Mm. And I, the, the Esmeraldas I tasted back then always stood out and was very intense mm. and exceptional. Um, and I had a very uh, high expectations. But this going around through a lot of geishas mm. showed me how big the difference is. Mm. And even the Esmeraldas, the washed Esmeralda mm. here is uh, is not that interesting to me, to mm. my taste buds. Mm. So that tells me that I can't just buy a geisha without mm. tasting it first because yeah. they are very different. Mm. Um, and then I kind of tried to close in on what is um, the special geisha taste. Uh, and I think in general they have more sweetness and this is of course extremely difficult in a comparison here because the sweetness will be you get a bit blind for it because mm. you have it the same all over or you yeah there's a high quality the coffee so the sweet when they are all sweetness you exactly. won't say sweet 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 you will no, say no, this one has more sweetness than this yeah, yeah. one um, and then a geisha I tasted some months back in a darker roast i called it yellow taste, mm. uh, a bit like apricot and mm. so. Um, but the floral is not so apparent to me as it is to mm. you. You pick up floral quicker than me. Mm. I need more somehow. Um. Yeah, but I also think that commenting what you said, um, you compared to a few years ago, tasting geishas for the first time. In they stand of all exactly. They That's stand out much more. But now you've tasted so many coffees, and normal. I would presume that you taste coffees of the top range, 
that's like the main coffees you taste. Yeah, that's my and reference. Exactly. Uh, so, yeah. so in that sense, you you've al- al- also like broadened your uh, horizon. horizon on what coffee can do, and maybe in that sense, geishas has lost a little bit of the novelty wow factor because they were better, more better than others earlier on yeah, than yeah, they yeah, are exactly. today. And then, and then with this cupping and listening to your comments, maybe also there's a character in the in the Panamanian or at least the Esmeralda geishas that you're not so fond of. There's some kind of acidity that you react to, which is yeah. not so pleasant for you. Yeah. Uh, and and that's, I mean, that's such an interesting discussion to go into, like subjectively when we taste Why do some people like that and some people don't like? And some people like almost react. It's not like they are trying to say, do I like it or do I not like it? It's just them reacting to something, which is, I don't really like this. Well, the fun thing is in the taste that if something is to your dislike, it takes focus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you have difficulty in uh, exploring or noticing the rest of it. I would say that that's also really a question of experience to be able to see through an unpleasant acidity or to be able to see through some uh, not so positive bitterness and so on to be able to see through a uh, uh, old roastate or a quaker in the in the cup or something to be able to, yeah. to see through that and see okay what is what quality is there beyond the flaw that I don't like or the f- flavor I don't like For you, for how many years have you followed uh, Esmeralda? You said you started in Coffee Collective in 2012, and already back then you were buying from uh, the Esmeralda yeah, farm? they bought before I came. Yeah. The, with the Esmeralda, I would say that uh, they differ a bit year to year. Not that I, right now, standing here, can say that year was the best or so on, but they they tend to be, some years they are a bit more in-your-face, wow, complex, and some other years they are a little less complex or they're a little less noticeable Uh, but what I think and what I got confirmed in this cupping as well is that some producers are just able to produce and maintain quality at an amazing high level Um, and I think that it's kind of a shame uh, but fully understandable that Geishas has become this this like uh, amazing sort of rockstar bean because there are quite a lot of uninteresting high quality but not complex geishas that are tried to be marketed as this is geisha and they're actually just with my fingers making rabbit ears they are just really good sweet nice coffees but they're not like geishas as we recognize the highest quality geishas But we can say on in this cupping we compared some of the cheaper geishas that are still a mm. lot more expensive than normal coffees, mm. no, normal good coffees, you can mm. say. Um, and here we we uh, can confirm that uh, the, they're, they are, they're, it's fair enough that they're priced lower than mm. other geishas. Mm. Uh, But again, I would say some of these uh, coffees on the table that you told me the price and so on, I don't get that, and I think that the prices are are up. Yeah, they are drived up because of the variety is geisha. Exactly, the variety is geisha, and but they are not that unique in in flavor profile. Uh, 
And but of course that's that's. But that's it could be fun happens. to take them in a cupping with a lot of other coffees exactly. that wasn't Keisha. They would probably be really good, like sweet, fruity, and full, and and like really amazing. And another thing that makes a, a, a bean great to have as a roaster is one that is uh, easy to roast. I mm. mean, some have a real small window of when they're good, and you easily get it not mm. that good. Do you have an experience that geishas are thankful, we say in Danish, that they are yeah. grateful, that they are... Hard to, to screw up. Yeah, hard to yeah. Screw up. yeah. Because yeah, I feel I that with Ethiopians, they often come out uh, well in roasting. Yeah. Uh, I think the same with geishas. They're, they're hard to screw up because they are so good. But at the same time, my level of acceptance is smaller when it comes to geisha. Even though it might taste really good when it's slightly underdeveloped or it might taste really good when it's slightly overdeveloped for my flavor, I would still be like a little... Your expectations are higher. Yeah, I, would, I would still be a little like... A, so you're still a, on your toes when roasting a Yeah, yeah, exactly. Because because, because I, 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 it has to perf- perform top level every time. So slightly underdevelopedness or slightly overdevelopedness, it's still amazing. But... I want it to be a bit more than amazing. Oh, you understand what I mean. Yeah. So, so my my level of uh, of uh, of accepting not perfect is smaller. But that's because you have this big experience in geisha coffees. Then you mm. know what you are able to do and mm. all that. Yeah. But this, as you mentioned earlier, know, like what makes geisha so so wonderfully easy to roast in a, in a way is is that they are so well produced, so that you you probably have a really similar uh, sorting in it, so that the uh, moisture level, the sweetness, everything, is, and the size of the greens and so on, everything is kept uh, so similar. So it's that makes it quite easy to roast and that makes it quite easy to exactly to to be able to um, replicate the same cup after cup because if you put 10 geishas up next to each other from the same bag and the same roast they will most likely be, be extremely similar but if you take 10 cups of uh, the same roast of the same Ethiopian you will experience variations. some yeah variations and you would experience variations from so many coffees with 10 cups up but with geishas or the the really good farms less one thing i would like to pick up from when we talked last time and looked at the green beans Mm. was that the costa rica was not like the the geishas normally have this long thin bean and the and the costa rica here was more uneven in size Mm. and more round kind of Mm. um can we connect that to the taste somehow? Uh, which just like uh, we can connect it to which strain of geisha it is. That it might be another DNA. Yeah, we can connect it to is it a, a F1 geisha, F2 geisha, meaning that is it how close is it to the original plant that they used to make the hybrid from? Or I mean. That that's what we can do, uh, and we can also make a connection between the the more often you see the long geishas or the more uh, what you call it extended ge- the big geishas, yeah. there tends to be more complexity and more more florality. So the if you have geisha beans greens and they are more round like a regular Guatemalan or Colombian or so on, 
then you sh one can expect less florality, less complexity. So when you're buying geishas, this is also what you can look for? It is, it is. But then again, I've tasted uh, Colombian geishas that were more similar to Katura, Katuai and so on, that still had complexity and, okay. and slight... F not ja not jasmine as for me, okay. geishas are jasmine okay. touch. Not jasmine-like, but still some other kind of complexity, florality. So again, trying to get me to say that like this and this and this, it's impossible because... <laughs> Ah, oh, there's so many factors, so many things. But there's a general feel is that if your geishas are more long in the, the, the green beads than round, the more complexity. But again, there is variations. You have to taste it. Exactly. To know. Exactly. I think what does your what do you have in the aftertaste now? Can you still still taste them? Yeah, uh, I can still. It's it's pleasant. It's very mild. I don't have anything unpleasant, but I just have a, a mouth that says, uh, uh, "No more coffee, thank you." Yeah. <laughs> You're on the beer team now. Yeah, or bananas. That's it for now. This was the final part in the Geisha series. You can find more on my website, coffeenavigated.net or in the Facebook group, search for the podcast Coffee Roasting Navigated. My name is Therese Brunstall. Some people drink coffee to get through the day. Others get through the day to drink good coffee.